The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Hey, hey, another Monday. It is the, what, 25th of January, the last Monday of January 2021 already. Ian Locke here, OAA Now. Uh, it's a little gloomy, a little gray, a little cold, just what January should be, but we're rolling into February, not too long. Uh, just next week, um, before we get kicking off, uh, and I, I get bring Sammy in here. He's uh, on the line. Uh, hey, I like up? to uh, hey, I like to uh, give a promo real quick for the ONTV Food and Fun Drive for Fish, our 11th mm-hmm. annual. It's coming up next week, and it's a GoFundMe. So if you hit OrionOnTV.org and donate to the food pantry here, uh, we're looking to raise five thousand dollars for our food pantry here in North Oakland County. Uh, it's Oxford, Addison, Oakland Township. Um, and Lake Orient. So uh, the food drive's coming up, and it's time for, hey, we've got some uh, some good news out of West Bloomfield. Something happened over the weekend, Sammy. Yeah, somebody took home a state championship out Woo-hoo! of West Bloomfield. They took home their first ever state championship. Blew out Davison 41 to nothing. Shocker. That well, was a well, stunner. You well, know, but, hey, what were they missing? You know, and, you know, you look at Davison, you know, the big, the different, you know, with Davison, you know, they didn't have Brennan Sullivan. Yep, and their quarterback. Huge, yep, and then they took a huge loss in the first quarter when Harrison Unger, their um, tight end slash um, star defensive player, got hurt with a hamstring injury yeah. in the first quarter. He did not return that game. Um, but the story was obviously Donovan Edwards. Um, he had 14 carries for 257 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. He could have had more. He could add more. You know, that was the third most rushing yards in state history. For a championship game. Yeah, for a championship game. Yeah. And that was insane. Um, you know, and then other – Makai Elam had a really good game. He had a touchdown as well. Um, linebacker Niles King in the third quarter um, basically took the football away from um, from a Davidson player's hands and went for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then um, – and then, of course, Edwards basically took over. Um, Jake Ward um, played a really nice game. He made two um, two field goals, a 39-yarder and a um, 45-yarder yeah. to make it 41 to nothing. And that's just insane. Um, West Bloomfield, we've seen this all year long from them. I mean, just since the loss to Clarkston, I mean, this team has really been on a mission Um been just dominant haven't lost a game Donovan Edwards has really become Donovan Edwards became I mean like a household name and <laughs> he's going to be forever be known as the um in the lore of, of West Bloomfield um you know to be probably one of the greatest players probably if the greatest player to come out of West ever Bloomfield. to come through there you have to ever come through there um and something I saw too it was um I mean it was just systematic it was uh the defensive front for the Lakers, um, when I was watching, I mean, there was no stopping them. I mean, they were in the backfield. They were pressuring, you know. It's tough uh, for them to have, you know, a, a backup quarterback in there. But, yeah. he, which, you know, he equated himself pretty well. He was he stood in the pocket. He took those hits. He got back up, and he kept fighting. I said, but that defensive front for uh, West Bloomfield was something special. And here's the thing, Davidson had an experienced lineup when you really look at it. I mean, 
you know, Davison, you know, let's not forget, besides Unger, they had players on that line. You know, you have Will Watkins up front. You have two very good running backs in Carter Krenneman, um, Trillian Warren, and then a good, a good receiver, Jalen Flowers. Um, I think even with, if Brendan Sullivan did play, in that game, I, I still think Davison had no chance in this game. I mean, West Bloomfield played, was on a clear mission. I mean, they were just, they looked, they they were the dominant team that night at Ford Field. They were the, they were, they were the dominant team on that Saturday afternoon. I mean, like, Davison really had no chance in that game against West Bloomfield. They didn't have an answer for him, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think it was the perfect game at the perfect time for West Bloomfield? Yes, I do. I mean, because they look just sharp right out of the gate. I mean, they were ready to go. They were. You know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. West Bloomfield won the game, is I'm gonna say scheduling helped them because you look the teams that um that um Davidson has played. West Bloomfield they play in the vaunted red. Let's yes. not forget you're dealing with Clarkston, Oxford, Lake Orion, Southfield. I mean, like on a consistent basis, and then, and then, um, and then with Davison, you're playing Lapeer, Grand Blank. You know, those are two really tough teams in the Saginaw Valley, and then everybody else is just not very good. I mean, Davison, Davison really hadn't been tested all year long. They really had it. They've blown everybody out. Whereas West Bloomfield has had to battle Clarkston. They were tested for sure in the playoffs by Belleville. Um. So West Bloomfield clearly, to me, was the more battle-tested team than Davison, and it showed in this game. And the uh, previous game, you know, the semifinals against Belleville for the Lakers, boy, was that mm-hmm. – I mean, that was almost the de facto championship game in a way with the, the quality of teams because it's like whoever came out of that was going to – they were going to storm to a championship. It just felt that way. Sure. I mean, like, when you look at what happened in that game, I mean – Davis, I mean, like, um, I mean, like, West Bluefield. I do question Belva's coaching decisions. You know, what I mean, going for two in that field goal last week, we questioned that. Yeah. Uh, but for West Bluefield, um, they were on a mission, and you know, they said it themselves that if they were going to get to a state championship game and win a state title, they would have to go through Belleville, yeah. and they ended up going. I think to me, that was that was West Bluefield's biggest test was when they went into Belleville, won that game in double overtime. Um, Edwards went nuts in that game. Um, just made, I thought it would have been a low-scoring game. I mean, like, man, was I wrong. I mean, like, <laughs> in that state championship game against Davidson. But, yeah, well, we both said it was about 10 points. We thought it would be about 10. Yeah, I mean, like, um, but that game against Belleville really was the one that turned, um, that turned things around. And, um, you know, for West Bluefield, that's really huge. Um, that's really huge. Um, so for West Bloomfield, so for West Bloomfield, you know, for them to win it all, you know, I'm really happy for Coach Ron Bellamy. Really happy for the kids out there in West Bloomfield. Um, the, 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 those, uh, especially for the community and that school off Fortune Lake Road. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a job well done for West Bloomfield. The job it's finished. You know what I mean? So. It definitely was a process, right? I mean, if you go back to um, where they came from to where they are now, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, they, they, you know, when they used to come into town, it may have been 
you know, oh, hey, it's a quality OA uh, opponent. You got to watch out for him. But it's it's now it's turned into oh, geez, they're coming into town. <laughs> you West know, Bloomfield in two thousand West Bloomfield in two thousand and fourteen. That's when you notice everything starts to change. I know um, there was a lot of pressure on Coach Bellamy from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen. It was a struggle for them. Um, twenty fourteen was when everything started to change for that team. And I think, and to be honest with you, I thought it started when, like, when West Bloomfield went into Lake Orion and shut them out. That's when I felt everything started to change for that program. And it turned everything around um, when the Lakers went into Lake Orion that day in 2014 and just shut out the Dragons and blew them out 38 to nothing. I remember that game really well. And I said to myself, okay, West Bloomfield's going to be, they're, they're getting better. I mean, they're, they're improving each week. And this is where they got, you know, yep. they, they so. got, they got to the mountaintop and celebrated as they should. And, you know, led by another now legendary running back. Right. And he's moving on to, uh, to, uh, mm-hmm. U of M. Uh, is it, uh, should I run the music for breaking news? Yeah. I mean, is it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do the breaking news. I know here. it's probably for those of you listening, you're, you, the OAA now nuts out there listening to this podcast every week. You've probably heard because you're in the know what's going on over there now, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ron Bellamy is now um, is going to be leaving West Bluefield. Um, he is going um, to um, take over as an assistant at Michigan um, under Jim Harbaugh's staff. Um, so when you look at Michigan, um, you know, um, you know. So this is a really tough loss for West Bloomfield. Um, you know, going into um, you know they um, you know they. Um, I mean, you anytime know, you coach. anytime you lose a, a championship coach, mm-hmm. it's tough to replace them. And you know, the, obviously, uh, where are they looking? It's just like any. Now we're having conversations about West Bloomfield, like we had uh, a couple other teams in the OAA over the last several years with the coaching changes. Um, I know. Yeah, and then um, the um, the um, he just um, wrote out a statement early this morning. Um, um, I put it on the blog at Sammy Semicolon Terminabox.com, um, writing "Thank you, West Bloomfield." Um, and he said he wrote this: Twelve years ago, God sent me to West Bloomfield to do His work. The West Bloomfield community welcomed my wife and I with open arms. My kids were born immediately, became a, and immediately became part of a program. West Bloomfield High School and the community. I become I became a better man, husband, father, and coach because of the experiences I gained throughout my time at West Bloomfield. I am forever grateful of my for my experiences, the good times and the not so good times that have helped me mold me into a better teacher, mentor, and coach. Thank you for all to all the players, coaches, and amazing medical teams who have dedicated their time to help put West Bloomfield on the map as a state powerhouse in football. Special thanks to our parents who trusted me with their kids. It's a huge commitment, and I hope I made you proud. Lastly, I would like to thank the leaders of West Bloomfield for the love and support that have been delivered every year. I've always leaned on my faith, and sometimes you had to make the tough decisions. This past weekend has been very special for my family and I. Many tears were shed because it has always been about love. I will forever be a Laker. L boys for life. Yeah, great. That's pretty much what it was. Great letter, um, you know, and 
and you you know every word of it is honest and true. Um, he's that kind of guy. He's that kind of coach. And um, it's it's odd to 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 think that uh, Coach Bellamy won't be around next year because you know uh, I you know I don't know about you Sam, but watching this team as they developed, I know they're losing some key point uh, players, but they are yes, solid for next year. And well, yeah, couldn't you see them? I mean, they they could be on track to you know defending this thing. Yeah, and they got a lot coming back. Let's not forget. I mean, like, um, this team's got Dylan Tatum, Amir Herring, Michael Williams, Samaj Morgan, Brandon Davis-Swan, Burchell Rankin, Xavier Mitchell, Malik Matana, DeAndre Hill, Xander Davis, Caden Tucker, and Ryan Ross. Um, they got a, they got um, Curry, and then they got a couple good, very good players come back. I mean, and Curry Jackson and Kyle Johnson. And then Raquez Nance, the um, freshman quarterback who played um, – he led the un- he led West Bloomfield's university team to an undefeated season. So when you really look at the um, the situation with the Lakers, I mean, like this team, you're right. This team is built for the long haul. So you know, it wouldn't surprise me if um, it would not surprise me um, that West Bloomfield would um, you know be a state powerhouse. I mean, like will be a state power for years to come. It wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? And the fact that they got a lot coming back. The freshman class, I mean, like, this is going to be a very interesting, um, a very interesting um, situation, how that's going to unfold when you look yeah. at West Bloomfield. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I have no doubt uh, if you see them on your schedule next year, the, the knees will be shaken. <laughs> I mean, you know that they're going to be good uh, having that, like you said, Sam, over and over again, when you have the lower ranks – you know the the sub varsity football quality and the team and the the players the system in place and the support of the community and the support of the school and when you see that support and success at the lower levels um especially at a high level if you go undefeated in the JV ranks and it comes up through the varsity ranks you know you're going to get quality kids that are in this system and it's just a machine that keeps perpetuating itself. It's like Clarkston. You know, you got a machine mm-hmm. like Orion for a nice period of time there. They were a machine just churning out these kids, and they are back, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, it, I, you know that the Lakers are just are going to maintain. It's just going to be what is it going to look like? What changes are there going to be? And uh, do you think they're going outside or staying inside? I think it's gonna, I think for them, obviously, staying inside will be very important. West um, Bloomfield's a team that. You know, they've got a system in place, you know what I mean? If you go with an assistant, you know, like the um, Coach Bryce or Derek previous coaching experience coaching in girls basketball. So when you look at the um, fact of the matter is, is um, you know, with West Bluefield, it, it makes sense for them to um, – it makes sense. So yeah. for West Bluefield, I mean, like, bottom line is um, – you know, the Lakers are a team that could um, – the Lakers are a team that um, they're built for the long haul. And you do have key returning players coming back, obviously, in Dylan Tatum, um, you know, who I think is going to be a huge – it's going to be huge for this team. Um, going forward, you got a very good freshman class coming in as well. I mean, like, you know, you got Raekwon Dance ready to take over for West Bluefield. I mean, like, you know, this team is, is perfectly set, you know, for – the future, you know what I mean? They got a running back in there. They got a very, couple good, very good linemen coming in there. Um, got a good wide receiver, Samaj Morgan, next year. I mean, 
this team's going to be very good next year. I mean, whoever the new coach is, I, I, I think most likely this team's going to go in-house. Um, when you look at the hire that, um, you know, when you look at the um, football program, you know, because Bellamy built that program into a um, into a perennial power. So that's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens and what direction West Bluefield goes forward um, with their new head coach. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to stay in house too. I mean, when you have, like you said, when you have a system in place, you don't necessarily want to overhaul everything and start from scratch, right? It, mm-hmm. And that's the potential if you go outside. Um, you know, any new coach is going to bring their philosophy if they wanted to change things around. But I know one thing: if it's not broke, don't don't fix it, right? And that's don't break it, it to change. It broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? And I think that's the um. You know, and I think that's the um, that's the thing. I mean, bottom line is this. I mean, you know, I, I think that um, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the bottom line is this: um, West Bloomfield really, um, West Bloomfield really, they um, they they earned this championship. Now they join the ranks of Clarkston, Lake Orion, um, Oxford, Adams, um you know, and Troy to, to all win state championships within the OAA, you know, for football. So, which is know, just, so. an, and Harrison, you and, know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that is just an, a very, <laughs> that statistic, or at least the names you rattle off there and how many have won those state titles um, over the years is, I mean, comparing it to what other league can say, I mean, that they rattle off such a variety of teams and uh, and programs have taken uh, the state title in football. Um, I can't think of one. Maybe on the west side, possibly. Well, you had you've had Rockford. You've had um, you've had Novi Detroit Catholic Central in the Catholic League. The Catholic League has been really good. The Arrow Conference has been very good as well. Um, so when you look at um, so when you look at the um, situation around the um when you look at the situation um you know the OA has been really an elite conference and especially in the being in the red I mean considering how everything's been um this whole season um obviously the um obviously when you look at um when you look at the situation how it how it's been um I mean schedule wise schedule wise yep I mean, like, bottom line is, you know, the OA, you know, when you're playing a quality opponent every week, you know, especially in the red. When you look at where West Bluefield had to go, they had to play Clarkston, Lake Orion, Oxford, Southfield. Um, then he had to play Adams during the season. I mean, like, you know, it gets you prepared for the postseason. I mean, like, you look at West Bluefield's past this year in the playoffs. They blew out Utica Ford, blew out Troy. Um, then blew out Belleville. I mean, like, and then of course had that incredible game of Bell with them, um, with Belleville. Blew out Romeo, and then they had that incredible game of Belleville, and um, and um, and then at least um, and then of course that game against Davidson. So, yeah. so you know, I think I think being in the red, being in the OA for West Bloomfield, really helped them. Um, really helped them. I mean, in place. I mean, like, so the bottom line is. Um, you know, it is. I mean, like West Bloomfield, how they want, how they. Um, I think being in the OA really helped them yeah. win the state championship. 
Yeah, and uh, for our listeners out there, Sammy and you too, we got a we got a couple audio issues going this morning. So your 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 phone's cutting in and out just <clears throat> slightly every once in a while, and we got this little hum. So I apologize for the hum and uh, this little this little buzz going on here. So. It's it's, okay. it's it feels like a Monday for sure. <laughs> yeah, things that never happen uh, before all of a sudden happen as soon as you go on and start recording mm-hmm. your podcast with your guests. So anyway, okay, so that's that. They they want it. We saw it coming. They want it, right? Mm-hmm. They they now enter the ranks of the state title holders in the OAA. Yeah. Um, well, now, now Bellamy's out now at West Bloomfield. Unfortunately, you know it's sad. And with Bellamy gone, uh, I think they didn't they didn't really stipulate what his job was going to be at the U of M. Uh, it's to be, be determined. The wide coach there. I think he's going to be the wide receiver. I think so because I heard I heard too that uh, they're they're making they're uh, making some other changes and he rumor has it so it could be wide receivers, but I also heard something that it could be special teams. Mm-hmm. But um, That's possible. but but who knows? So but anyway, he's he's moving on up into better things and. Um, I'm glad we had a chance to speak with Coach this season, you know, before uh, anything got underway. And he's always uh, so generous to you and, and to, the pro, uh, to the show here at OA Now with uh, comments and interviews and that sort of thing. So we're going to miss him greatly, not only um, yeah, selfishly on the show, but also uh, in the coaching ranks of the OAA. And, of course, Football Media Day, you know, and Football Media Day and all of that. I mean, like, um, we're going to miss him dearly, so – you know, we're going to see what happens going forward. You know what I mean? So we're going to see what happens going forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So we had some news that we we thought, uh, what, uh, athletics were going to get underway. The winter sports. S- winter sports. It's coming back. Practice is underway. Uh, the state said, okay, competition can begin on the first week of February. All of a sudden, they pumped the brakes and? Moved it back to the 21st. And I just – read online here um you know the with being at home um i just read a statement from the michigan health and human services responding to the calls for the return of winter sports this is what they said and i am just really sickened by this but here it is right here um we are pleased to continue incredibly reopening the economy with the recent mdhs hs order Counties across the country have faced large outbreaks of COVID-19 associated with sports teams. In Michigan, there were 42 outbreaks associated with athletics. K-12 really? schools, yeah, I'm just reading your statement that they just released. Um, professional, collegiate, and commercial venues in August and September 2020 before restrictions on contact sports were implemented and the MDHHS and local health departments are still identifying outbreaks on teams that are currently playing. Outbreaks of this magnitude had the potential to affect not just the sports team, but the community in which players and the coaches reside as well. Sports that require frequent closeness between players make it more difficult to prevent disease transmission compared to sports where players are not as close to each other. The risk of COVID-19 transmission is increased by the number of individuals and a player physically interacts with as well as the intensity and duration of that interaction. The arrival of the new B1117 variant also means even more caution must be taken so we avoid the rapid rise in cases, hospitalizations, deaths that other countries have seen in this variant have experienced. So we talked about that earlier on. Um, they still they wrote more as well. 
Um, even with mitigation measures in place, such as wearing on masks, wearing a mask, disease transmission cannot be completely prevented when players are prolonged or, or intense contact. Contact sports include the following, football, basketball, rugby, field hockey, soccer, lacrosse, wrestling, hockey, boxing, futsal, and martial arts with opponents. These risks are even greater for indoor contact sports where they're not natural ventilation to mitigate the close proximity of participants. Teams that can implement robust public health measures may be able to increase the risk, but the risk remains elevated. We will continue to watch, to carefully watch the data to ask, to assess what other activities can be permitted. We are laser focused on achieving our goal of vaccinating at least 70% of Michiganders age 16 and up as quickly as possible so we can end this pandemic and get back to a source of normalcy. Um, Okay, so before we went on the air, Sam, before we went on the air, Sam, we uh, so a lot of you guys listening might not know, but we chat for a a good while before we go on the air to talk about topics. And this came up because we're trying to figure out what what was the deal? Why did they all of a sudden delay it after saying that it's going to kick off on the 1st of February and we're going to get underway? The schedules were made. We're ready to go. And my question was, and, I mean, over the weekend, what did we hear about U of M sports? They've been shut down. The whole athletic department at the University of Michigan has been shut down for 14 days because that new variant from the U.K. is on campus. And so it's they have to lock it down, even though, let's say, they're, they may not be have, you know, have positive tests or uh, COVID uh, tests coming back, but out of precaution, because this is so new. Uh, we don't know much about it, and of of course, this is going to happen just when the high school sports season's going to kick kick off underway. And I, after reading this, it's like, or after you reading that, I appreciate you digging that up. That is, I should have run the breaking news music because that is breaking news. Sam, is that yeah. it, it's it's directly related to this new variant, and if it wasn't around, I think we'd be okay. But I think this is one of those. Uh, pump the brakes. Uh, they're not sure what they're dealing with yet, and they have to make sure because, um, as we heard in the UK over the weekend, at least I did. I, I you know, I'm not a, a newsman, but uh, you reading up on this, they said that it's a potential that the current vaccines may not work on this new one as well as the the COVID-19 we've been dealing with all along. You know, this is what makes this hard. Because the fact that the MHA, you know, went through the testing program and, and they had a 99.8% positive, you know, negative test rate. And then earlier on in the, in the previous weeks, it was a 99.6% testing rate. You're seeing kids go on Twitter begging Governor Whitmer for them to let them play. The fact that this decision now, this response from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, what this does, and I think this is going to open up Pandora's box. And I think this is a very, very dangerous scenario for the four contact sports. And Well, we talked about using the word dangerous, Sam. Let's use another one. Because danger is legitimate in our society now with a virus. Is. This is, is this is recreational activity and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Um, I would rather use uh, pain in the neck <laughs> yeah, as opposed is, to dangerous. This is more <laughs> of a pain of the neck. And I think, you know, when you look at the situation, how 
the fact that you've had so many people respond and to me this is going this is going to maybe increase some people's some people's like um displeasure of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Even with the, the even with the new virus. Even with the new variants. I mean like even with the new virus. I mean like so when you look at when you look at the statement they released, um they I'm very disappointed that Governor Whitmer's office and the in the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services didn't reach out to the MHA when they explained this decision. I mean if they would have said, okay, um, you know, reach out to them. I mean, like, you know, instead of like going through, instead of going like through this, with having the 9.30 a.m. press conference, um, you know, and and the fact of the matter is, is you have out of the entire country right now, um, out of all 50 states, 48 of them are playing basketball right now. And the two states that are not playing basketball right now are Michigan and Hawaii. And to me, that is a, it's, it is risky, but, you know, but for the mental health and the emotional sake of these kids, you know, you know, these kids have proven that they can get sports done safely. And, you know, you see the, I mean, like, you see the evidence clearly. I mean, like football was done safely, despite it was indoors, um, swim and dive, you know, that was done safely indoors, volleyball. That was done safely indoors. I mean, like, so when you look at but those, these... but those sports are apples and oranges because they're considered non-contact. I mean, I think at the well, beginning of this contact. whole, if football is, but it's outdoors, it is outdoors. But the thing too is, I mean, at the beginning of this whole thing, didn't they have basketball as a non-contact initially? Basketball. Uh, they said it was a low risk, which I thought was crazy. Moderate risk. Yeah, I don't understand why the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services ranked this as a moderate, as a high risk sport instead of a moderate risk sport. I mean, because you've seen, I mean, like we've seen people, you know, this is going to really open up, you know, this is going to really open up. I mean, like, because now you got club sports calling for kids, um, you got prep schools calling for kids. I mean, you look at, and there was a Detroit News article recently about um you know what pat donnelly's been going through the head coach of ud jesuits um he might he might not come back to the school you know what i mean that because of this situation you look at players you know like fletcher lawyer of course he transferred out you know to play basketball he went to transfer to indiana i mean like you're gonna this is gonna open up the door for a lot of kids to possibly leave the state and go to other states just to play basketball. But let's look I mean, at let's be realistic about it. How many kids are at the level of a a Fletcher lawyer or others that would actually traverse uh, across state borders to play basketball? That number's got to be very small. I mean, we're talking it's, handfuls. It's very small. It's very small. But when you look at, of course, from the AAU circumstances and all this, the AAU circumstances. I'll tell you, I mean, like they're going, I mean, they don't, they don't subside by state rules. I mean, like when you look at the MHA, what they have, so when you look at the situation here, what the NDHHS just said recently, I mean, this doesn't make you feel very good. I mean, if you're a, especially when you, if you're a contact sport, you know, in a sport that has contact sports like basketball, wrestling, 
chewing hockey. I mean, yeah. like, you know, this really doesn't, you know, it just tells you, you know, that it's very unfortunate. You know what I mean? That, that, um, but I, but well, I think to me, the governor, the DHS office, they gotta, they gotta work more better with the MHA. I think personally, I completely agree with that statement. The, to not even, um, at least, alert them i mean why say you can do one thing and then immediately flip the script but again mm-hmm. the, the reason i know that in some ways is that this new variant wasn't even here yet no, and now you have it here. now you have it in ann arbor and if it's in ann arbor it's in other places so you got to get this thing uh, corralled or you're going to have nothing i mean there will be nothing no practice uh so the good thing I, i'm trying to be positive about this is that, yeah, competition is cut, right? It's not scheduled yet. They're going to have to reschedule it all. There's mm-hmm. still plans to have it, so it's delayed. Practice is still going on, right? I mean, they didn't cancel practice, correct? Right, they haven't canceled practice. Right, so practice know, but, is going on. My son's running cross-country. But this opens up the door for AU, AU programs to go after these kids. And what the, what the um, statement read from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Clearly, it clearly now enforces those kids to say, you know what, you know, I don't, you know, I said, you know what, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and go and play um club ball with, with club ball and play AU ball. You know what I mean? This clearly what the DHH, what the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services said, basically just opens up the door for these kids to say, you know what, I'm going to go out for and play. I mean, like, because I am so fed up with my governor, with my, with my health department, you know, this is going to, cre- this is going to create a rift. And I think it's going to force kids out of the state. Unfortunately. I don't know if they're going to be leaving in droves out of the state, but I, I agree with you about the AEU and the club sports side of things that you may see kids just saying, well, I'm not playing high school sports this year. Because there aren't any, or they're going to be delayed. Yeah, and yeah, and here's the question: It's like if let's say you get an outbreak at an AAU situation, you can't tell me they're not going to shut those guys down too. Well, you know, and, and well, the thing with AAU is AAU can be played in different states. I mean, like so, basically, when you look at that's why you see kids going to Indiana, going to Ohio, going to Wisconsin. You know, I mean, like you know. So basically, what I'm saying here with Governor Whitmer here and Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is, you know, you gotta trust these kids. You gotta trust the um, trust these kids. And and yes, I know the variant is there. You know, and yes, in the, yes, the variant's there. But the problem that I have is, where's the transparency between the MHA and where is the transparency with the governor's office? So yeah. you know, transparency. There's clearly no transparency between. The governor's office and the MHA, you know, and it, and it clearly showed, you know. I mean? Well, not only does it clearly show, but the uh, executive director said it, yeah. right? He said he had a report and uh, or I don't know if it was a uh, he didn't write an op ed or anything like that, but he talked to reporters and they, you know, I, I saw it on my news feed. And actually, I think it was a national news feed. Because, yeah. You know, I didn't realize that 48 of the 50 states are actually playing basketball in Michigan uh-huh. was one of the ones not. And yeah. so when he, he he had a statement, somebody asked him, he said, we weren't consulted, nobody said a thing, we had the schedules ready to go, and then, boom, they slammed the door. 
Uh, it seems like they would have, you know, in the middle of all this, of them getting, you know, February 1st is kind of the jumping off point of back to, nor- you know, normalcy, you know, normalcy if if they knew something in advance that, no, nah, man, we're kicking it back another two weeks or whatever it is, it seems like they would have said something to the organization that it's impacted. Well, why didn't they consult the NHA on this? Because, yeah. because now you're creating – you're seeing – you're going to like to see a protest come Saturday, obviously. I've been hearing a lot about that. Um, I mean, like, to me, this is, to me, you see, you see the results, you know what I mean? You know, sorry, that sports can be done safely. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that if the MDHHS were to go with this new order, they should have consulted the MHA first. They should have done that. Instead, they went on their own and basically did this without anybody noticing. That's the fault of the state. That's the fault of Whitmer and our, and our administration. Yeah, I, I agree with the uh, how do you, you know, you're impacting an, a, a large organization, a large number of people, and not to even let them know ahead of time that this was coming down the line. I, I That just doesn't smell good. But it, it is what it is. It's here, right? So, is, that's not the press conference, right? Which you uh, is the press conference going on currently, or was that uh, just yeah, yeah. the press release? That was from Friday. I mean, they sent out a press release. The DHHS sent out that press release. Um, All right. but, but you said uh, so the, today at about one one thirty. One thirty, Governor Whitmer, um, the new um, executive director um, Haskell and um, Caldoun are going to talk at one thirty. Um, but to me, this does. This just, to me, what the DHHS statement today really, my thoughts on this was just, I'm just sick to my stomach with the, for these kids. I mean, like, you know, the fact of the matter is that, you know, they feel, and these are going to be a future babies, you know what I mean? And we don't know the winner's up for re-election in 2022. So, you know, just imagine how they would feel, you know what yeah. I mean? If, you know, just imagine how they would feel. I mean, like, you know, there's been a, um, you know, we're seeing other states that have higher cases like Illinois, New York, California. They postpone their seasons, but they have a start date. I mean, Michigan, on the other hand, does not. I mean, you know, when people. Well, we said, thought we did. Thought we had a we start we date. <laughs> we thought we did. I mean, now they've extended it to the 21st. I mean, like, and to me, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to have a season. You know, for these kids, I don't know how. Well, and, I mean, but Sam, I'm looking at this going, okay, let's see what the 21st brings. Um, mm-hmm. In all reality, the 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 February, I, I, I even say the February 1st start date, uh, launch date. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm completely discarding that. But going okay. back two weeks when we're like, okay, we're ready to go. Competition can begin. I mean, we were supposed to have a game last week. Right. Yes. And so having that said, looking at what they put together was so ambitious. And so, uh, in my opinion, as a parent of a, an athlete, right, that plays high school mm-hmm. sports, I thought it was a bit odd. Uh, it was a, a bit ambitious, a bit too much where you actually had they're trying to fit a regular season under normal conditions into six weeks. And that, to me, I think I thought was a bit odd. I mean, the it's the. Uh, 
the MHSAA and the OAA and the, these other conferences have proven in the fall that you can modify, you can cut back a little bit to be cautious and still have a robust season, one that is fulfilling for the kids and the fans. We can do the championship games. We just wrapped them up. They were on hold. It's pro- They've proven they can do it. I, for the next startup, if it's on the 21st, I'm hoping that the MHSAA does not say, okay, let's cram 80 games into two weeks this or three. You know what I mean? It's It, it should go to, hey, let's set up a season where you're playing your conference games. You get a season of some sort. You can have your conference championships. You can have the state finals and get out of Dodge because it looked like a regular schedule the MHSA was throwing um, at everybody, and I just thought it was too much personally um, I know you loved it. I mean, as a f- sports fan, I loved it. But a- as a parent going, man, this is crazy. Uh, so it's going to leak into the spring season somewhat. But don't you think they're going to have to pair this back? They cannot have, uh, in six weeks, they cannot have a full season that you would have over, let's say, 10, 12 weeks. Well, here's, here's I mean, I did, you know, we talked about this a couple, maybe a couple months ago, that, it would not have surprised me if they would move the spring toward the end of July, you know, toward July. So I think, you know, you know, and then when you look at spring sports, obviously baseball, softball, um, track and field, you know, you can socially distance, obviously, you know, you know, when you look at the MHA, when you look at, when you look at, I can see them moving the season back, but, the fact of the matter is now that the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services just sent maybe in their press release a – to me, this looks like a nail in the coffin, you know, and it does, you know. So I don't know if it's a nail. I mean, I, I can hear the caution, and, you know, we've seen the MHSA in these schools and ADs being very flexible, right? We've mm-hmm. seen them flex. Uh, they've, yeah. If anything, the fall proved that it can be done. It can be done safely. Um, and what? And and Sammy, I hate to cut you off, but look back to just before we launched sports, before practice began. Right? It was delayed. School is delayed. Practice mm-hmm. was delayed back in August, September, August. Right? Yeah. It was yep. all delayed. And what was the 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 mantra then? No fans in the stands. Yeah, no right, so they're all saying, "Hey, you can get two people in the stands per player uh, mm-hmm. indoors." It's like cut it out. I mean, no fans. If you want to play, you want that competition, you want to get it done. No fans. Uh, I think that that's one way they have to revisit that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of systems in place now. You know, like ONTV, CMN, all those guys, plus other systems that the MHSAA has put up for these schools to install in their buildings to allow these mm-hmm. games to be streamed live at little or no yeah. cost yeah. so yeah. the but the viewers can see them the but, it, but... It. The, but the viewers can see it but the problem is is that you know these kids want to play you know what I mean? they want to play i mean like you know and if and if you have games with no fans fine you know what i mean maybe or maybe two per guest fine i mean like i'd say no know, fans or no fans i mean like, you know, no fans or, or, um, or your parents i mean like uh but to me, to me, this it, 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 this whole thing, you know, the statement the NBA just made just about before. I mean, even when we were doing pod today, you know, it, it, it 
I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, it's, it's so hard to, <laughs> to famine right now with what everything's been going on. Well, um, well for me, I, I understand it. Um, mm-hmm. I have a kid. I don't want him to get sick. Yes. I don't want him to get this new variant. And uh, because I don't don't know what the heck it is. We're not doctors. We don't know either. And we're being inconvenienced. Um, And this goes to other things, too. It's like, yeah, I'm inconvenienced. I want this. I want that. People are not used to being told, no, you can't have this or can't have that. And I think exactly exactly. And uh, you don't want to go back to that where they send everybody home and you're locked up. Kids are going back to school. I just dropped my son off today. He's in person. Um, Other school districts are doing the same. He's practicing with his team after school. And you're right uh, on the mental health thing. We've talked about it, you know, a thousand times. The mental health is important. The uh, but but I was but what I'm looking at is practice is still going on. They're still prepping. They're still getting that uh, interaction with their teammates. They're just missing the race. They're just missing well, the game. You know, you know, athletics is part of the um, it's part of a school setting. It's part of the classroom. You know what I mean? I mean, Roger. I mean, Lake Orion Public Address House and Roger Smith even says this. You know, school uh, athletics that uh, that it's part of the classroom. You know what I mean? You know, like like playing athletics is part being part of the classroom. Yeah. So. Well, I know we're not going to solve this problem or find answers. It, it, it's this is the type of discussion you have when you're going, what is going on? Uh, I'm trying to be positive, saying, hey man, the kids are in practice, they're in school. As long as we stay safe and wear these masks and listen, uh, they can continue to go to school in person. They can continue to practice, and then we're just waiting for that day when they say, okay, good, go go race. Go have that game. Go have that competition. But, you know, when you look at spring sports, you know, you look at, of course, baseball, softball, track and field, you can obviously social distance. You know what I mean? You can obviously social distance. And, you know, and those sports, you know, which I felt, in my opinion, even though we had the shutdown in March, um, that they could have been played. You know what but, I mean? But March, that? Th- dude, that was, you know, that was a completely different beast because we didn't even know what we're dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's there's so many unknowns then. Now we have a known. We got a vaccine kicking around that if we can nip this variant in the bud and just keep it isolated. I know it's almost impossible to do, but uh, at least to keep it at bay while people are getting the vaccine for uh, the normal COVID-19, um, that is going to help everything. Right. So yeah. I, I'm 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 you know cautiously optimistic about it. Um, that with the the vaccines kicking around, I don't want even to get started on my displeasure with how the states handled the the COVID uh, vaccine rollout. It's just uh, it's mm-hmm. in it's unbelievably, in my opinion, poor. And um, you know that is the problem. It's like we can get this vaccine to these kids or those who need it the most. Um, my wife's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. She goes. She's going to work every day. You know, stressed out. They're going, man. I don't want to pick this up and bring it home to my family. So we're waiting for a, a shot for her. But it's, it's just one of those things where sometimes uh, the bigger problems in life kind of take over from competition. But I'm just happy that my son can get out there, run with his buddies. He already seems happier just from the three practices he's had. And you know, uh, if if that's how you, we're gonna go for a while, um, I'm okay with it. You're right about the uh, the communication between the state and uh, the, the MHSAA. MHSAA. It's horrible. You should have more stakeholders, have somebody from the MHSAA board or the director sitting in 
you know, at least uh, allowed in to listen to what's going on to offer some suggestions or at least be alerted that this is coming down the line because you're right. This is where the frustration comes in with the lack of communication. It's just a pain in the neck. Um, I mean, we could talk about this forever, Sam. Um, we're at about 47, about 48 minutes in. Do you want to do anything about a basketball preview show? I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to end on a positive note. Do we have anything positive we can chat about? Because uh, this stuff riles you and I both up, and I know the listeners get kind of. Uh, I'm sure it's riling them up because if they're sports fans, what what positives can we talk about? What positives can we talk about? I mean, like, I mean, like, find this one makes it really hard. I mean, this one makes it really hard. I mean, like. We could talk basketball, you know. Let's talk basketball. I mean, it's going to happen. These guys are in the gyms; they're practicing. These players are going. So, so hit me with some positive basketball. Uh, We got about uh, we got about ten minutes. Let's go girls first. I mean, let's go girls first. I mean, obviously West Bloomfield, they're going to be really good this year. Um, They got a lot of experience back, um, a lot of proven experience back, and I think when you look at West Bloomfield, um, you know you. they got a lot back from that team. Lost to Heartland last year in the um, in the um, semifinal. Um, you got players like Logan Lewis back. Um, you got you got of course um, you got the Elam. I mean, like so it'll be very interesting to see what West Bluebird has. And then of course they got the Davis sisters this off season. So it'll be really interesting to see what West Bluebird has. Um, Corkston is my other team I'm keeping an eye on. Um, when you look at what they got, they got a lot of experience back. Mason Korski's back. Um, they got among others as well. I mean, that's a team to watch. Groves, new coach, and Antoine Simpkins. Um, they got some experience back. I'm a little concerned about their lack of size inside. Um, Royal Oak, Sarah Sorgahan. It's you basically watch Batman and Robin with Royal Oak this year. Um, who's going to be Robin this year with Sorgahan playing the role of Batman? Um, and then, and then of course, um, and then you have um, South A&T, new coaching staff there. Um, they got some players back. Jalen Austin's a player to keep an eye on. Um, Kiana Willis is another one to watch as well. I mean, that's going to be a young team, though, at A&T, replacing a lot of talent there. A lot of uh, That's an understatement, Sam. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the white, we got um, Troy. They got a lot back for new coach, Julia, for new coach Julius Porter. Um, Kendall Zider, you look at him. Lauren Gumma, um, Charlotte Sobaka, um, you know, they got um, Kayla Knight. Um, I mean, I think Troy clearly is the favorite in the um, in the white. Stony Creek is my number two right now. Um, a lot of experience back. Sydney Perferi, Um Got Devin Vols there. I'm curious to see how Mia Carson's going to be as a full-time point this year. I'm very curious to see what Stony Creek has there. Adams is my third-ranked team right now in that division. Um, a lot of experience back. Um, of course, I've been um, and then of course you have, um, North Farmington's going to be very young this year, but I think North Farmington will be very interesting to keep an eye on, um, Bloomfield Hills, whole new staff, a lot of turmoil surrounding that program over there. Um, a lot of questions over there, um, surrounding Bloomfield Hills. Um, and the blue Lake Orion, one of the favorites, I think this year for coach Bob Bridges. Um, really? Marshall's back. Yep. Megan Marshall's back. Uh, sophomore class, very strong. Um, Kylie Hack, um, Kylie Heck, um, you got Maddie Ebert there back as well. I mean, like um, Katie Van Heck in the interior. A lot of questions. A lot of Lake Orion's be a team to watch in that blue this year. Rochester's another team to watch as well. Um, 
did a really good job putting a program in place there. Um, and then you have, um, then you have, um, and then of course you have Berkeley. Berkeley's a team to watch. Um, Ashley Loon um, is definitely a guard to watch. Um, she um, played some. She spent some time in the during the summer in the Philippines. Um, so Loon's another one wow. to watch. Ju- yep, Julian Gomes is another one to keep an eye on for Berkeley. Um, um, and then you have Oxford, of course, with Emma, with Emma Morris and um, Mackenzie Metler there back. Um, and then, of course, you have Avondale. Too many questions surrounding Avondale, even though they have Reagan Lawrence there. Um, um, and then, of course, Troy Athens. They're going to struggle a little bit. So when you look at Athens, that'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, and then, um, and then, of course, in the gold, Farmington's a favorite. Um, I like what Farmington has. A lot of experience back and forth. Um, for Coach Laura Gudsman. Um Seahole is my second best team in there, followed by um followed by um Oak Park, Pontiac. Um, Pontiac I think is gonna struggle. Ferndale's gonna have a struggle and Ferndale U of course comes in the OAA. Um so so that's my thoughts on the girls right now. When you look at the teams right now, clearly the teams right top teams are West Bluefield, Clarkston, um, Troy, Stony Creek, Adams, um Groves, Lake Orion, you know, in the in the conversation this year. Rochester and the Berkeley in the conversation this year in Farmington. Well, that, that sounds like a comprehensive list. And again, uh, he's got it on his blog. And yeah. are you, you're also going to send us a version, correct? I will send you guys a version of it. I will send it to you right now. I've already sent you a couple of them already. But I will send you two more right now. All right. So we're going to be posting all of those, uh, all that detail on the breakdown of the uh, basketball uh, teams throughout the OAA. We're going to post that at OrionOnTV.org under our news feed. And you can see it at uh, Sammy's uh, blog. Uh, something else yeah. I'd like to uh, – yeah, go ahead. Sarah, once again, Sam. Oh, no. Go ahead, Ian. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say uh, this will – you know, with the uh, restaurants opening up uh, next week, that's still taking place, Right. Uh, yeah, that's a positive sign. Uh, I think it's at 20% capacity plus other 25. 25%. So other, other entities will be opening up. And the good news is Owen TV as well will be then open again to our Sweet. limited, uh, uh, activity. So Sam will be back in the studio next Sweet. week. Finally, right? I'll be back in the studio. I should have hit the breaking news button because, uh, we were talking about it and we decided, yep, that's the deal. So, uh, next Monday, we should be able to have Sam back in the studio sitting across from me, which is a lot more fun than over the phone. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree with you. It's a lot more, a lot more, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't have to use my phone a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is more fun to chat face-to-face. And I like how some of our conversations uh, develop just by, you know, it's good to see another human being, dude. I miss you sitting in here. Um, so... I do, too. You know, I got a new car now, actually, which Ooh. makes it really interesting. Yep. All right. So, yep. So I just wanted to let you know about that. <laughs> Is that the Ferrari you had your eyes on? Oh, no. It's actually a Turan I actually have. Oh, very cool. So, yes. yeah, we're going to have Sam back in the studio, and then we'll go over the guys' uh, OAA uh, basketball um, preview uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Is that all right? Yeah, that'd be good to go. That'd be good to know. You know what I mean? I'll go more in depth. Um, we'll hopefully get some coaches' interviews in um, coming back. Of course, um, it'd be great to um, be great to bring um, – be great to bring everybody back into fruition yeah, yeah just like uh, when we were delayed with football it was great to have the coaches on so if that if that is possible we'd love to do that so uh we're going to wrap it up here's anything for oa nation sam before we say see you later for the day well stay strong um 
we're gonna get through this. Um, you know, um, we're gonna get through this. I mean, like, um, just stay positive. You know, that's all I have to say. You know, just stay positive. Absolutely. You know? Hey, we gotta stay positive, or we're gonna have to get a lot of hankies out and dry those tears. Yes. All right, Sammy, we'll see you next week in person right here in the studio for OA Now. See you, buddy. Yep, thank you. All right, that's it for this edition of OA Now. OA Now is produced by Sammy Taramina, and the views on this show are his and mine alone. On TV, we'll be back uh, with uh, in-person production starting the 1st of February. Also, the 1st of February, all that week will be our pledge drive for Oxford Oriented Fish. $5,000 trying to raise for that uh, fantastic organization to feed the hungry in our area. That's it for OA Now. We'll see you next week. See ya.